In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Happy fast of the Virgin Mary to you all, praying that this fast will be a very beneficial, spiritually beneficial, and fruitful fast to you all. I thank my fathers and everyone here for allowing me to come and this gracious invitation that we can speak about one of the fruits, or I'm sorry, one of the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And before I do, I just want to say, give you a little story, and I'm sure that you have probably been in this situation. There's a group of people standing in front of a door, and this door is impossible to open. It's not locked, there's nothing wrong with it, but they can't open the door. And so this group starts pushing, shoving, and then they almost break the door. And then somebody comes by, a wise old man. He takes out of his pocket some WD-40. And he puts it on the hinges, and then he just, with his finger, he just opens the door. And they all look at each other, and he looks at them, and he tells them, sometimes in our life, we deal with situations very harshly, very cruelly, in a very cruel and harsh way but only it takes a tiny bit of, a, of kindness to get to the result that you and I are looking for. And this kindness, before we get into the fruit of the Holy Spirit, this kindness is asked from us in the prophecy of Micah chapter 6, verse 8. If you remember, it's a very famous verse, and it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? Do you know what the Lord requires of you? This verse is going to tell you and me what the Lord requires of us. He says to do justly, three things. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To do justly, which means to be fair, to be honest, to do what is right. To walk humbly, the third one. To understand God's place in your life and your place in God's life and the proper relationship that we as believers should have with the Lord. That we deal with the Lord, we approach the Lord in a humble, a very humble, humble way. But the second one is to love mercy. To love mercy, what is mercy? It's to forgive. It's to let your rights go. It's to be, in a sense, kind. So, you know the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The, I'm sorry, I keep on saying the wrong word. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about why it's not fruits. Okay? It's actually singular. Okay? Fruit of the Holy Spirit. The answer, as you know, is found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 25. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, do you know them all? Can we say them together? Okay. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control okay we have to make before we go into our discussion tonight 
we have to make a differentiation between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are tools, gifts, to each, given to each one of us to help one another and to help serve one another and the rest of the world. But the fruit of the Spirit is a direct result of my relationship being filled with the Spirit of God. And this comes through by my relationship with God. As he said, when you go into your room, when you pray, go into your room, shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and when he sees you in secret, he will reward you openly. So there's a difference between fruit and gifts, okay? We have to keep that in mind. Now, you can't, well, actually, you can have the gift, but you, without the fruit. I'll say that again. You can have one of the gifts of the Spirit without having the fruit of the Spirit. And that's kind of alarming because if you remember on the Day of Judgment, okay, Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, what did the Lord say? He said, in that day, what's the day? Judgment day. In that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in your name. We have cast out demons in your name. We have performed wonders and miracles and signs in your name. And then what? His response is going to be, depart from me. I do not know you, you who practice lawlessness. So these things of prophesizing, that's a gift. It's not a fruit. Of casting out demons, it's a it's a gift, okay? Of working miracles, it's a gift, okay? But look, he, they had the gifts, but on the last day, he said, depart from me. I don't know you, you who practice lawlessness. And then if you remember what St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the, the very wonderful and beautiful chapter on love. He says, starting in verse 2, he says, if I have all knowledge, but I don't have love, it is what? Nothing. If I have faith to move a mountain, and I don't have love, it is nothing. Even if I have, I give my body to be burned, and I don't have love, where's the gift in that? Courage. The spirit of might, Isaiah 11. Okay, all of these things I'm mentioning to you are gifts. But without the fruit of love, which is the first fruit, okay, without the fruit of love, it actually means absolutely nothing. So the fruit of the Spirit is so important, and I'm so pleased that the fathers chose this, um, this topic for these blessed days, because... A lot of times we run after the gifts 
because the gifts are what? They're seen by others. But the fruit may not be seen. But the gifts are clearly seen. So a lot of times, all of us fall into this trap of running after, after the gifts and neglecting the fruit. But I just proved to you in two to three verses that without the fruit, the gift does you no good. Especially if you don't have any fruit on the day of judgment. I mean, think about it. You cast out demons, you prophesy, you perform miracles and wonders. I don't know you. Depart from me. So it's important for us to focus not so much on the gifts, but on, a, on the fruit. Okay. Another interesting thing to notice, and I fell into the mistake as soon as I opened our discussion, is that St. Paul said, the fruit of the Spirit. How many, how many did he mention? How many things did he mention? He mentioned nine, right? He mentioned nine things, okay? So some people say he made a grammatical mistake. It should be the fruits of the Spirit are, okay? The fruits of the Spirit are. Actually, actually, it's not the case. It is correct to say the fruit of the Spirit is. Why? Because the church and the spiritual fathers and the patristic fathers understood that it is one fruit with nine different sides, nine different facets. So if you have a diamond, let's say, diamonds have what? Facets. It's one diamond, but there are many, many facets. So it's one fruit, but it has a has many fruits and once uh, many sides, many facets. So once you bear the fruit, you will have the nine. Some will be stronger, some will be not so prominent. But if you have the fruit, you will have all of the nine with it. And so let's go a little bit further how the fathers understood. There are nine facets of the fruit, correct? So they divided it into three groups. The fruit or the facets that have to deal with your relationship with God, the facets that have to do your relationship with one another, and the facets of having your relationship with yourself, with yourself. So if you have a strong, let's take the first three quickly until we get to kindness, okay? The first three. If you have a strong relationship with God, you will definitely have love. The Lord said by the mouth of St. Paul in Romans, he says, the love of God is poured into our hearts by the work of the Holy Spirit. The love of God. A lot of people run after love. They don't understand what love is. They look for it. They try to cultivate it without the work of the Spirit in their life. And this is the mistake. You've got to be very careful that if you want to be or have love, this one facet of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you have to be in a good relationship with God. Let's take joy. 
What did the Lord say about joy? He said, I will see you and you will rejoice. And no one will a take away what? Your joy from you. No one will be able to take away your joy from you. Do you see the idea here again? If I have a good, wholesome, healthy, active, robust relationship with God, then what happens is I have the joy of the Lord. And then you know the famous verse about the peace, right? He said, my peace I give to you. My peace, what? I leave with you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. So again, the first three facets of the fruit of the Spirit has to do with your relationship with God. So if you're short on love, if you're constantly upset, angry, if you have no peace, you're always anxious, and you're running, you're running to find relief. And sometimes the relief that we seek from anxiety can be sinful. The way we relieve our stress sometimes can be sinful. So if I'm doing these things, instead of running after a medication or trying to find a therapist, although I understand and I know that there are, there is room for these type of things. But without any clinical conditions, if I don't have peace, if I don't have joy, and it has nothing to do with the clinical aspect of my existence and I'm clinically healthy, then you really got to look at your relationship with God. Because the first three facets of the fruit of the Spirit has to do with my relationship with God. Okay? The second group. Long-suffering, kindness, and what? Goodness. Long-suffering, kindness, and goodness. If I am filled with the Spirit, I will be, some translations call it what? Patient, right? Patient. No. The real translation is to suffer long. Long suffering. And that means what? The ability to suffer a long time. The ability to be patient with others. The ability to endure. The ability to do all these things so that I won't eh, that I don't complain. Sometimes the source of our complaints come from the fact that I, I have a quote-unquote short fuse. I have, I'm very quick to anger, Abuna. I lose my temper immediately. Well, what does that mean then? If I do that, then what happens is, and I'm always one of those complainers. You know those type of people, right? The first thing they say, they don't even say, how are you? How you doing? How was your day? How are you, Abuna? No. Just vomit out. Complaint after complaint after complaint after complaint. That's the biggest sign that the Holy Spirit is not working in you. Not working in that person. Now we come to the fruit of our evening. Okay? We'll let the other ones aside. 
Kindness. What is kindness? It's a very simple definition. I like to understand words by the opposite of them. So kindness means the opposite of cruelty. Kindness means to be opposite of being harsh. So in my relationship with others, I will show kindness. And unfortunately, perhaps maybe because of COVID, since three, four, five, six years ago, I'm sure you notice the same trend where everybody is just very harsh towards one another, very short, very abrasive. And this is increasing. It's becoming now the standard to just be short, abrasive. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Leave me alone. Go figure it out yourself. Okay, that's the prevailing attitude at this point in our history. And again, it seems to be the standard. Instead of being sensitive to one another's feelings, which is what kindness means, instead of doing that, we show and we do the opposite. And if we do, if I'm that type of person that does that, you know what that means? It means that I am not filled with the work of the Spirit. I am not filled with the Spirit. Okay? Kindness, think about it like this. Kindness is a heart that feels the pain of others. You feel, you feel the pain of others. You feel the, their situation. You have compassion toward that person. And even, let's say, for example, in the way we deal with each other in speaking. Choosing words, for example. There are some people, the moment they open their mouth, bricks fly out of their mouth. Or it's like sandpaper. Very abrasive, very hurtful, very abrupt, very short. They don't even want to listen to what you're saying. This is, this is something that we should be careful because the lack of kindness is shown in the way we speak. The way we speak with one another. Husband and wife, oh, I got used to my wife. I don't have to tell her thank you. Please, could you? It would be so nice of you. I don't even bother with flowers anymore. Uh, Father's Day for my husband. Uh, oh, what if? Right? This is what we do. We, we're, we're going away from the kindness of the words. Okay? We, we lack the ability to sympathize, to feel for them. This is what kindness means. Actually, in short, you've heard this before. Put yourself in my shoes. Put yourself in the other's shoes. In other words, being kind, you see the world the way that person sees the world. And you know what a kind person does all the time? They make excuses for the mistakes of others. They're not judgmental, you see? And why are you not judgmental? Well, because you have long-suffering. Why? Because you have love. Do you see how it's one fruit that has different facets to it? So if I'm kind, I won't judge. If I'm kind, I won't complain. If I'm kind, I will make 
an effort to understand the person and perhaps offer a, uh, an excuse for that person. So instead of being cruel or harsh, I'm understanding, I'm helpful, I'm supportive. Even with somebody who you know is wrong, you always try to see their point of view because that's what kindness is. And like I just said, you can do that because of why the first fruit is love. Or the first, I'm sorry, the first facet of the fruit is love. So love is always connected to kindness. Okay? If you really love, you will be kind. And that's why, that's why in the epistle of St. Peter, chapter 2, it says, this is a long verse, so try to follow what I'm going to say here. 2 Peter 1, 5, 7. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. What is virtue? Virtue, how, does, how do you know somebody's virtuous? Is by what they, what they do, how they act, okay? So it's by works. So add to faith, your faith virtue, works. Add to virtue, knowledge. Knowledge. St. Anthony the Great said, you can have knowledge with virtues. You may know the virtue of giving, but if you don't have discernment and ifraz with the knowledge, it's going to turn into a vice or a disaster. Somebody that you know is on drugs and he has no money or she has no money and he asks you for money. Would you give money? No. You have to have knowledge, discernment, because he's going to take that money and do what? Use it. Think about the, um, the prodigal son, Ibn al-Dal. Imagine if he was able to send to his father right where he was at the pigs, watching the pigs, very hungry. Baba, I haven't eaten in days. I'm almost naked. I'm smelly. I have no money. I lost everything. And he sends him money. Do you think the prodigal son would come back home? Yes or no? No. So... You have to have with your virtue, so he says here, add to your faith virtue, good works, and add to virtue knowledge, discernment, and to knowledge, self-control. Okay, so now I know, for example, that my spiritual father said to me, this is wrong, I should stop, I have the knowledge, but if I don't have the self-control, I'll go right back into my life of evil. Then he says to self-control, perseverance. Okay? Perseverance, to pers per persevere. So your spiritual father gives you an exercise. You have to pray your idbeya. You got to do 15 matanias. And you have to read five chapters of the Bible. Okay. We do it what? One day? Two days, a week, and if you're really, really strong, 10 days. But without perseverance, 
10 days is only 10 days. It never becomes a, a lifestyle. And then he says perseverance to godliness, godliness, to become like God, to imitate God. To godliness, brotherly kindness. Okay? Not just kindness, but the kindness we should offer even our own, <clears throat> our own brothers, our own family members. So, and why, why is it important that we add to godliness, brotherly kindness? Because sometimes our kindness can be fake, right? Our kindness can be fake. And that means it could be hypocritical, could be hypocrisy. Because without true love, the first facet of the fruit, I can't be kind, truly kind, okay? And without kindness then, I'm sorry, without love, my kindness becomes a, can be hypocrisy. And this is perhaps why in the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 22, he says it so simply. What is desired in a man? I'm sorry, what is desired in a man is, what do you think he says? Kindness. So what people want from you, want from me, is to be treated kindly, to experience kindness from you and from me. We all want to be dealt in a kind way. But when we're treated harshly, we feel we're hurt, we feel we are wounded, okay? And so we can speak about many, many, many examples. Can anybody think of an example of kindness in the Holy Bible? Let's do New Testament and Old Testament. New Testament, how about the Good Samaritan? Do you remember the Good Samaritan? Right? It was complete kindness. He saw the guy. He's a Samaritan and that guy's a Jew. Are they friends? No, they're enemies. They hate each other. They're cousins. They're related, but they hate each other. They disagree about where they should worship and which mountain. Is it the mountain in Samaria or the mountain in Jerusalem on Zion? Mount Zion. A lot of difficulties between them. But he put that aside. He put himself in his shoes. And he saw himself there lying, and he thought to himself, probably this is what he thought. It's not written, but this is the process that happens with kindness. Okay, he's hurt. He's in need. Okay, if I was there, I would want somebody to help me. You know what? I'm going to help him. I'm going to show kindness. Right? This is, this is what the good Samaritan, not only did he just bandage up his wounds, he bandaged up his wounds, cleaned his wounds. He took this beat-up person, put him on his animal, took him into the closest town, gave them money at the inn and said, take care of him, feed him, do whatever he needs. And when I come back, if there's any more that you, money you need for this, I'll give more. So it's not just kindness, lip service. Okay, be kind, be kind, be nice, be nice. No. Kindness is that example to the T. What about 
King David. Do you remember King David? Who was King David's best friend? Who knows? Hmm? Jonathan. Jonathan, it even says that he loved Jonathan above the love of women, meaning a brotherly love, a true love, has nothing to do with homosexuality, like the LGBTQ community claims, has nothing to do with that. It has to do with that he loved him above the love of women because he doesn't want anything from Jonathan. He just loves him because he's Jonathan. And so, after Jonathan got killed, right, King David and then Saul, King David, he still had that love in the heart for Jonathan, his best friend, his childhood friend. So he asked the servants, is there anybody from the house of Saul, from the house of Jonathan? They said, yes, yes, there's Jonathan's son. Jonathan's son. And Jonathan's son, his feet were lame, which means what? It's paralyzed. So he said, bring him. So then David, the king, he said, I will make sure to return your land to you. I will put servants on the land. I will make them work the land. You're going to get harvest from the land and you will sit at the king's table, my table, and I will treat you like a king's son, my own son. And he would give him so much food. That's another example of kindness. The good Samaritan and King David with Jonathan's son. So these stories are here not to praise King David only, but to compare ourselves and our kindness our lives with theirs. Do you offer kindness? Do you put yourself in somebody else's shoes? Or you say, let somebody else deal with it. Uh, let the priests deal with it. Let the servants, let the deacons. Uh, I'm just here. So I just want, want to go home so I can have my siyami macaroni with bechamel. I'm tired. Kindness is not for certain people. Kindness is for every follower of our Lord. If you have the fruit of the Spirit, and the first facet is love. Okay, we're winding down now. Question. Why should you be kind? It's maybe a very ignorant question, but... I'll ask it anyway. Why should you be kind? Well, first, it's a request and a commandment from God. But besides that, let's just say, I don't know, I don't read my Bible, I don't know anything. Kindness is for those people wearing black, or those people wearing white, or the giddus and the tetes, the uncles, the tans, the, the but not for me. I have my life to live. I'm a young man, I want to make my first million. Uh, I want to become this or that. I want to own some real estate. I want to coast through life. Kindness is when I have a million or two to give, then I'll give a dollar or two. That's what we think today. But why should you be kind? Besides the fact that it's a commandment, 
okay, or a request, depending on how you look at it and what verse you read, it's a direct imitation of God himself. What did the Lord say? Learn from me. اتعلموا مني. Was the Lord kind? Very. Did the Lord love? Always. Was he joyful? Most of the time. Was he at peace with himself, with the Father? Absolutely. Was he long-suffering, patient? Absolutely. Was he kind? It says he went about, in the book of Acts, he went about always doing good. Always. Imagine, can I say that about you? Can you say that about me? Everywhere you go, work, school, home, friends, at the beach, on the cruise, hiking, everywhere you go. Can you say that about yourself? Can I say that about you? Can you say that about me? Wherever Buna goes, he's doing good. Wherever you go, you're doing good. Learn from me. St. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate who? Christ. So, one of the biggest reasons why you should strive to be kind is because <clears throat> it's a direct imitation of God. Now, I'm going to end with a few nuggets of advice on how to be kind after I give you another verse and we're going to try to break that down and see how God's kindness works for us and in what conditions does God, is God showing his kindness to us. St. Paul's epistle to Titus, chapter 3, verse 3 through 7. It's about five verses. It's kind of long, but please pay attention. For we ourselves <clears throat> were also once foolish. What does foolish mean? Ignorant. Okay? Disobedient. He's describing who? Us. Deceived. Serving various lusts and pleasures. Living in malice. What's malice? I have ill will towards somebody. I don't want him to succeed. I don't want her to get married. I don't want them to be in a bigger house than me. Malice. Okay? Living in malice and envy. Hateful and hating one another. Sounds familiar, right? Verse 4, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly, through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, I lost track of time, oh my, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Very simply, the first verse, 
he described who we were. Haters, hateful, living in malice, envy. This is how God, or this is the condition under which God showed me and you kindness. Were we worthy to receive the kindness of God, yes or no? No. So when you offer kindness to somebody, don't judge and say, they're not worthy of it. Because we weren't worthy. But yet, He came, He sent His only begotten Son, we were washed through the regeneration. What's the regeneration? The baptism, right? And it wasn't because of our righteousness. That's what he's saying. He's saying God wasn't kind to me and to you by coming and getting crucified because we deserved it or because we were righteous. No, we're sinners. We're sinners. He came for the sinner. He left the 99 sheep to find the one sinner, the one lost. So my beloved, some nuggets very quickly to chew on. First, you want to know how to be kind? Show mercy towards others. Because kindness comes from or originates from a merciful heart. The mercy of God came to us because He loved us. So mercy and love brings forth a kindness. So practice mercy. Don't hold grudges. We get so upset at each other just for the little tiniest thing. You forgot to say good morning to me. You didn't say congratulations to me. You didn't give me $500 for my wedding gift. We make up excuses. It's like as if we're trying to find excuses so as not to forgive. Do you think the person that doesn't forgive is a kind person? No. Teach your children, teach yourself how to say sorry, how to forgive, how to accept people's sorry. Apologies. Ask them, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Second, don't show kindness to those people who you think deserve it. Okay, it's related to number one. Three, don't only speak kind words, but do kind actions. Because the Lord, He loved us, he could have said, oh, I love you, and not send his son. So it's just a lip service. Four, be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who will give you the fruit with those nine facets to it. How do you do that? Practice the spiritual means. Five, and final, be selfless. Instead of selfish, selfless. Take yourself, put yourself at the end. Because a kind person feels very sensitive to those around him. He puts others first. He's not self-absorbed. You know, some people, they walk, they're in the same situation. You have two people. In, in witnessing in something, one, and it's a disaster, it's something very harsh, very, very sad. One person had no clue, didn't even notice, because they're self-absorbed. And the other one is always what? Looking out, scanning. Does this person need something? Does she need something? Does he need something? Do they need something? Even people that he or she doesn't know, 
So be observant. Don't be self-absorbed. Be selfless instead of selfish. Defend those who are mocked. Defend the weak. And may the Lord help us to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit and to be kind to everyone who crosses our path. And glory be to God forever. Amen. And sorry for the, the late. Thank you.